You say four, I'm thinking five. All-stars? Big fucking chicken. Y'all remember that commercial? It was like a Burger King commercial where they were talking about like some type of chicken sandwich. So do you remember back, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but maybe around 2014, somewhere around there, when the Atlanta Hawks had four All-Stars on their team and that made that same All-Star game at the same time? I think it was like Kyle Korver, Al Horford, Paul Millsap, and who was the other guy? Had to have been like Joe Johnson, right? I think that's who it was. Maybe it was Jeff Teague. One or the other. Anyway, they had four All-Stars that year. And it's been a while. I don't think we've seen four All-Stars together. The Warriors came close back when they were trying to vote. I don't know if it was Zaza or somebody else in as a fan vote. But ultimately only ended up having just Curry, Clay, and Draymond about three or four years ago. Or maybe they did have four when they had Kevin Durant. But I couldn't remember if Draymond made it. We'll count it as four, but I don't think they were all four All-Stars at the exact same time. Could be wrong. Just let me know if I'm wrong. But anyway, uh, I feel like this could happen this year. And the four All-Star team for me would be the Milwaukee Bucks. Shout out to the Milwaukee Bucks fans out there. Uh, the Bucks have uh, four, you could say, potentially four All-Stars. I'm thinking it could be five, but... I, that's just a stretch for me. Five sounds interesting. Uh, the five would be for me. Obviously, Giannis would be uh, an all-star either way. But um, could be Brooke Lopez. He used to be an all-star back in the day, believe that or not. Uh, the way he's playing, sure, he could be an all-star with the fan votes just because of the Bucks having a good record. And he's actually been playing very well to start the season and even still. So... Um, I like his chances there. Uh, Drew Holiday, obviously, is another one that could be a returning all-star once again. Then we're going a little bit deeper. Chris Middleton has been an all-star. And what do you think about Bobby Portis? Like I said, if you're a Bucks fan, I know you're big on Bobby Portis. Um, he could potentially be an all-star, but that's a stretch. That's five of them right, right there. So just scaling that back, trimming it down some. Bobby Porter's might be a stretch. He would be like getting those like Zaza Pachulia fan votes. And, uh, you know, you're looking at his stats. He's having a great season. He's definitely in contention for sixth man. But um, also looking at Chris Middleton, he would be another one I would have to trim back just because he's coming off injury. He hasn't played enough games. I don't even know if he qualifies yet for the as many games as he's missed. He may not qualify for the All-Star game voting. But even still, he's not himself quite yet. We probably won't see the real Chris Middleton until after the All-Star break, I would say. But he's coming along uh, decently as far as no setbacks. Uh, it looks like he's sitting out back-to-back uh, -back games at least. But um, yeah, what do you think about the remaining three of the conversation between Brooke Lopez, Giannis, and Drew Holiday? Now Giannis, like I said, is a given. 
unless he just straight out misses games. Either way, he will get the votes whether or not he would play, but hopefully no injuries there to him. So he might wind up being all-star captain. That's debatable between him and Tatum, who's going to get the most votes to be the Eastern all-star captain. I don't know if Durant will be up there with them as well. So between those three guys, one of those three guys would definitely be the all-star captain. What if Joel Embiid is all-star captain? Let me get back to the Bucks. So Drew Holiday, he had been an all-star before. Now I'm trying to think if he's been an all-star since he's been with the Bucks. I don't think he has. I think the last time he was an all-star was for the Western Conference when he was a Pelican. But he's playing well so far this season. He definitely uh, was playing great basketball to start the season. And then it was kind of like, you know, one of those things you kind of ride out to see what was going to happen after the first few weeks or at least the first 10 games of the season to see if it would be sustainable. And it has been sustainable. Uh, he makes a big impact on the court for them when he's playing. And, uh, you know, they've had some fillers when he's not playing, but ultimately he's been helping them win some uh, quality games. So Chris Middleton, like I said, hasn't bounced back fully yet. So he's still getting a lot of volume, a lot of usage there on offense. But we can't deny his defense, which usually doesn't make up for a lot of gravitation towards all-star votes. We've seen that in like people like Rudy Gobert, where they do make the all-star, but they get selected last when it comes to the all-star captains. But um, I think Drew definitely has a case to make the all-star team this year. And then going to the third guy, Brooke Lopez, uh, a.k.a. Splash Mountain. I'm not sure if anybody says that anymore, but he is back to shooting uh, a good percentage from the three-point line. He's leading the league in blocks. And he's contributing to wins. Uh, again, uh, when Giannis isn't playing, Chris Middleton isn't playing, sometimes Drew's not playing, him and uh, Big BP over there, Bobby Portis, they've been holding it down. He's stepped up his scoring when he needs to. And then when, you know, the the team is relatively uh, healthy as far as having Giannis and at least Drew on the floor, you know, he scales back on the volume of his shooting, but he still makes uh, a good clip percentage-wise from the three and and the line and field goals in general. So um, he definitely has a case there being on the Bucks. Uh, that squad there is a lovable franchise in a way that people seem to like them in general terms, not necessarily as rivals, but just, you know, they have a good poise about themselves. They're in a winning position. They look like they could definitely go back to the finals this year. Although Boston Celtics fans are going to have something to say about that, at least. Uh, and, you know, the uh, the wild Philly fans, too. I'm sure they're going to say something. But, um, yeah, I, I'm liking their odds of having at least two All-Stars. But three would be three would be realistic. Four would definitely be pushing it. And five is just unrealistic at this point um you could say that the team could have five potential all-stars but it's not going to happen this season so you know looking towards next season if everybody stays healthy maybe they could have four all-stars maybe pushing five if uh if somebody else is slacking in the east but it's hard to uh to make that realistic with other teams having here and there, one type of all-star. Not every team in the Eastern Conference, but you look at a team like Boston where Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum should definitely be all-stars. Uh, so 
can't rule out other guys that don't play for that franchise, but you can't say that some of these Bucks players aren't deserving of at least some of the fans' votes. Like I said, it's that time of year to get the voting going for the All-Star game. And on Christmas Day, All-Star votes count three times, or you can vote three different ways, something weird like that. But anyway, I think the Bucks definitely have a handful of potential All-Stars and they're going to not really worry about how many of their players actually make the All-Star team, but having their whole team make it pretty far in the playoffs. But I'm liking the way they're playing, and I'm liking how they're smart about the ball and putting themselves in a good winning situation. So the All-Star game is, sure, some short, maybe personal goals, but the ultimate goal is trying to get back to the finals to win a championship. Do they really need him? Brandon Ingram. He's currently hurt, and the Pelicans have the best record in the West. They're setting up number one. Zion's healthy. He's playing good. The team is a solid unit right now with what they do have, um, but alongside of not having Ingram, they do have backups. That is Herbert Jones and Trey Murphy, but Herbert's been out as well. So in the line of lineups or what you're looking at the structure of the team, if they were to get rid of Brandon Ingram, Trey Murphy is actually a pretty good player to put their insert in the starting lineup. He can provide some instant offense. He's a great two-way player. He's got some length, got some size, can shoot the three, actually makes more threes than Brandon Ingram. Then you have Herbert Jones as his backup. I think that looks pretty good. But... Can Brandon Ingham still play at his peak with the pieces around him when he's inserted in there? And I think overall, I think it's, you do need Brandon Ingram. You know, what is the scenario of not having Brandon Ingram? Like, what would you bring in? And you can hit me up on Twitter for this if you want to, because there's no call-in line here. There's no other way for me to be able to talk to you in person, live. So if you want to tweet me, you can at KishYZ, K-S-H underscore Y-Z, and you can give some ideas, some thoughts. We can come up with another do-they-need-him scenario, but in a what-if scenario with Brandon Ingram, what if he was, I don't know, traded to Portland for Damian Lillard? You got C.J. McCollum there, and I'm sure he'd be glad to have Dame there, a player that he's played with before. Another player that maybe the ultimate player for that team actually to be able to hit shots in the clutch. Like we see Zion Zion's, Zion's such a great force of being uh, dominant. But when you're talking about clutch shooting on, um, especially down the stretch, talking about the last couple of minutes of the game, last four minutes, I think is what the NBA considers clutch shooting. It might be the last two minutes, but either way, big shots. That's Dame time all day. And you're looking at somebody who, if the team is struggling all game long, the fourth quarter he could turn it on and be able to provide a spark without having to go to the bench necessarily. So if you were to do that and you have a lineup where it's Dame, CJ, I guess it would be somebody like Trey Murphy in there, Zion and Valanchunas, I don't think that would be bad at all. 
So something to kind of consider throwing it out there. Not saying it needs to happen. Not saying it won't or will happen. But Brandon Ingram for Damian Lillard, I think, would be a cool and interesting trade where either team couldn't go wrong. Obviously, Dame's not requesting a trade, but uh, the Portland Trailblazers are doing pretty good this year. But if they're wanting to move on from Dame and just kind of stick with the the Simons and Jeremy Grant function that they have over there, adding Brandon Ingram wouldn't be a bad idea as well as far as giving you some future assets, future proof. Damian Lillard is still playing great. He's having uh, a great season so far uh, outside of the time that he has missed. So I don't think they're struggling to get another player in. But moving on in the future, you know, if this is Dame's last year and they're not happy with the results of where they stand come playoffs or how far they do make it if they're in the playoffs, then it might be time to move on and to me, this sounds like a good option for either team, depending on where they end up. You know, with the way the Pelicans are playing, they could be the next Memphis Grizzlies as far as what we saw last year with Memphis. Stretching it out, going to the Western Conference Finals would be ideal. You know, them beating up on the Phoenix Suns back-to-back games, that's no joke. So they're definitely here, and they're trying to be here to stay. But if you want to kind of solidify what you got with some veteran experience, some guys that, or a guy that you want to just ramp up your offense even more, give you more consistency, more floor stretching ability, more playmaking, Damian Lillard might be the guy. Now, outside of just theory, I don't know how these contracts work out. So you might have to throw in some other players. I know Damian Lillard's basically making, I think, maybe the most uh, in the NBA as far as season-wise per season with that contract extension that he got last year. But if they can work something out, this would be pretty cool to see going into next season. But the answer is, do the Pelicans need them? Uh, Need Brandon Ingram, I think, right now? Yes, you do need Brandon Ingram, unless you can find a better option. I do like Herbert Jones. I do like Trey Murphy. But I don't think they're going to be playoff ready in terms of consistency when you're considering trading Brandon Ingram away uh, you're going to want to keep somebody who is an all-star caliber player and has been an all-star and definitely will help level off the team and def- definitely fill in a void when Zion presumably gets hurt again, hopefully not for the long term, but with minor injuries and or load management. Whoa, so I finally got to watch some of a Pelicans game. I wound up getting the NBA League Pass. Don't know if I'm going to keep it permanently, but I got the trial period right now. And I watched the Bucks play the Pelicans. It was an away game for the Milwaukee Bucks. And what I have to say from what I could pick up on that was that that was a pretty impressive game. The Bucks did come away with the win, and they're looking pretty solid, pretty consistent still. Nothing to really worry about there. But for the Pelicans, no major issues there. What I'm really liking for the Pelicans is that they're handling their own in a sense of pushing the Bucks to go the distance in this game. Three things I like about the Pelicans right now is the uh, their resilience, their defense, and their balance. The balance comes from them having like that youthful energy that you like to see teams have, especially like uh, teams that are missing it is where you notice it the most, like the Lakers, where they don't have great youthful players with high energy. But 
the Pelicans definitely have that between uh, heavy defensive-minded young guys, like even Alvarado, who's great on defense with this intensity but can score the ball, Herbert Jones. Then you have Trey Murphy, who's going to get things going. If Trey Murphy adds about 15 to 20 pounds of muscle and like tones up more over the next coming years, wow, that's going to be killer. Um, then obviously Zion, but I was going to get to him after I talk about a little bit of the, the veteran confidence. That's another element they have with that balance between McCollum and Valanchunas. But yeah, Zion for sure. That's your superstar presence that you have. And let alone, they also have an all-star presence with Brandon Ingram, but he is sitting courtside for the time being, still uh, recovering from the injury. Don't remember exactly what that injury is right now, but he's missed a handful of games already. But having Zion playing the way Zion's playing, I mean, that is that is that is great for them. And you could see how they're able to win some games because I was curious myself with not having to uh, been watching much of their games and just keeping up with the scores. And I didn't check today's standings, but as far as I know, I think the last I had heard that the Pelicans were on top. They were on top in the West. So that was, to me, when I first heard about that, it, it made me instantly start thinking about the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, how a job propelled them last season. I think they ended up as the number two seed. So you're kind of seeing that, you know. Um, I don't want to say it's a rivalry, but it's kind of like that culture of mixed blend of youthfulness with some veteran presence, but then you have these talented superstars that kind of pull everything together. And what I noticed, like, watching the game, and then even with the commentators is where I pick up some of the information, but the commentators were mentioning of how Zion shows that that balance of when he needs to score, but reading the court and trusting his players on the court as far as dishing the ball to the open man because he's reading the defense and what the defense is trying to do, but he's getting the other players involved. If you look at Valanchunas, he had a heck of a game. So before I get to that, I do want to say, you know, again, shout it out to Bucks fans, but the starters for the Bucks, they had they had to go all the way, like I said, they had to play all the way into the, the fourth quarter as far as their main guys being on the court. So that's how much of a battle that the Pelicans put up. They were trying to narrow that gap towards the end, but the Bucks had to be smart about it and realize that if they take out certain personnel that the Pelicans had a chance of catching up there. And with their defense, with their length, and their energy, like their length and their energy, that is some components that can help them easily chip back in games. They might not have the best of three-point three point shooting every night, but with guys like Trey Murphy or McCollum or Alvarado, or in this case, Valanchunas, you have to definitely be on your toes. But like I said, ultimately the Bucks pull off this win. What I like about the Pelicans as far as takeaway from this game and obviously some games that I haven't seen as far as some battles that they've won against some pretty good playoff teams, is that, you know, when you're talking about the Pelicans, and if they're at this state alone, even without B.I. being there, but if Brandon Ingram were to uh, remain healthy when he comes back, 
in a seven-game playoff series, I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Pelicans. Because even with this, if this was a seven-game series, obviously the Bucks are going to step it up. But if, if the Bucks were some type of Western Conference comparison team as far as size and everything, I think the Pelicans, Pelicans can do a great job of taking their team and adjusting game to game to what they need to do and how they need to play. The commentators were saying a lot about making a wall for Giannis, not giving Giannis room on the court to make a play or to see an open space where he can your step to the basket. The more walls you make, the more he has to actually give up the ball and you kind of trust the other players or you live with the other players trying to beat you in a way where they're not getting easy buckets. If they make a three, they make a three, but you cover certain personnel, but Giannis being the main focus. And they did that at times and it was successful in stopping Giannis from going to the hole. So I think the Pelicans definitely have a lot to, to keep learning from throughout the season, but I do love that balance. And then I'm liking their odds when it comes to uh, going against teams in a seven-game series. So I would love to see how that's going to be for them play out towards the end of the season where they end up ranking-wise. If they can stay in the top three, that would be awesome. Who knows? They could still be first in the West, um, like I said, especially if Zion stays healthy and NBI comes back healthy. And then the other younger players continue to improve. But Valanciunas, in this game, he definitely stepped up. Larry Nance Jr. was out for the game. And he's been sharing some of the big man workload, I guess you could say, or some of the volume of shooting for the bigs. But Valanciunas had a lot going for him, and he had a lot of range. He had seven three-pointers. I think said he was 7 for 11 or something like that. That's just amazing. Seven three-pointers from your center. That is not known for taking a lot of three-point attempts in a normal game. Like, he can shoot the three, and that's kind of what I thought he was getting away from a little bit last year. But with him stretching the floor, that definitely frees up room for Zion to work with. But, again, the Bucks were smart enough to kind of block off Zion, so it kind of forced him to give up the ball at times, but not forcefully so where it was like uh, an unplanned play or a turnover, but more so where he was looking for his teammates. And for Zion, though, the Bucks had him at 7-7-18. Seven, seven, seven rebounds, seven assists, which is great to see. I don't know what the turnovers were as far as assist-to-turnover ratio. And then 18 points. Now, this is Zion's stats for the night. And over the last four or five games prior to the night, Zion had scored over 30 points. So to hold him under 20 points, which that one game out of those five previous, I think he had 25 or 26 points. So they held him under 20. So that shows you the intelligence of the defensive scheme for the Pelicans, not letting Zion get to his spots on the court, driving to the lanes, getting to the line as aggressively. So again, the Bucks are a smart team with playoff experience, championship experience, and the intention to go out here and reclaim the throne of champions. But for the Pelicans, I really dig this game and I thought it was a great effort and I'd like to see more of this. I think this was the first matchup, so there's one more to go. That should be a home game for the Bucks, and we'll see how that goes when that goes down. But for both teams, the arrow is pointing up for me.